Merry Christmas. Wait, 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 wait. You, you can't say that. It has to be non-denominational. Oh, because like it's clearly Christmas. Dawning. It's it's a dawning thing. Welcome, Guardians, to the Dawning Lorecast. I'm Purple Chimera, and with us this week, um, Mythos Mike is going through finals, so he's not here. And Anon Pig got himself a replacement, so welcome, Racer A. Hi. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thank you for <laughs> having me. We have a very special guest from Focus Fire Fire Chat Podcast, Blue Crew 86. Welcome to my podcast. How's it going? It's going well. How are you? Pretty, pretty well. And it's weird for me. I well, actually, it's not weird. We just moved to Friday nights, so you guys are on Wednesday. You're we're recording on Wednesday nights, which isn't what we normally do. So it's kind of like my brain is so confused right now. It's like, <laughs> wait, we're not supposed to be talking. What are we doing? So no, but yeah, I'm I'm super excited to be here. Uh, this is something that well, you and I have had conversations with each other for a while now about what exactly this uh this mysterious event and all those little letters floating around were about yes yeah, so blue and i have been discussing the dawning for about a year now yeah it, oh gosh it feels i yeah i've been wanting i, I think i'd finally lost it officially when we were doing the, our icora episode and it kept like popping up when I was on on Ishtar. I was you know researching Ikora, and it's like Donnie, Donnie. I'm like, what is this? Like, it has nothing. It's a consumable. Yay! Doesn't tell me anything. So yeah, it's it's been a it's been a aggravating year waiting for more information on this. So for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, there were several uh, consumable items that came up. Um, that were data mined called the dawning and they were listed from Zavala, from the speaker, from Cade 6, from Rahul, Petra, Eris Morn, and Ikora Ray. And they're all consumables that say a letter about the dawning. And that was it. They were not in the game. We, they came out last year at SRL. And we've spent the last year wondering what on earth the dawning is. And now we know. So, Let's go in and uh, move on to our weekly highlight, and then we're going to talk about what the dawning is. Hooray. Do you want to do the weekly highlight, Racer A, or do you want me to do it? No, you can do it. It's, it's got a uh, summary. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, weekly highlights were ver- will vary with each episode. They can include community stories, fan fiction, gear, weapon text, grimoire, general hype, etc. This week's weekly highlight is a Guardian highlight, one you'll be reading a lot about if you pay attention to Amanda Holiday's side of the event. Marcus Wren. Quote from Amanda Holiday: Some of the best Guardians are racers. People like Marcus Wren have made their legends on the track. Marcus Wren, a hunter, was was famous for his skills on the track. His ability to hit gates as well as goblins was unmatched. He was no stranger to broken bones or burning sparrows and held the strict philosophy that if you're not winning, you might as well not race at all. Overall, though, there was one strategy he found more effective than any other, simply to be faster than anyone else. This isn't to say that he didn't have any competition, however. 
Cron 8 and Tyla Sola were racers who are high, who are so skilled and so fearless, they stand apart from the pack. And now the moment Blue has been waiting for. <laughs> Not <laughs> the really, dawning. No. Oh, man. Because uh, those letters are still missing. Oh, my gosh. It's I true. know. It's so fr- – and they're so pretty. Like, yeah. if you if – you, so, again, you know, big shout to Ishtar um, because you guys make this so much easier. But, like, so for – I mean, like, the – the actual like consumable item icon is just it's beautiful um and it's like a golden filigree uh envelope and i wish i could zoom in because it's blatantly sitting right there what is on the paper and i'm sure if i could just get a closer look it would make so much more sense but yeah yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen them in game. We are granted I've only I've only gotten a chance to jump in actually earlier today. Uh was my f- first actually first chance to get back on Destiny in a long time just because real life has well, been real life. And um so we just I just got to jump in today and it's really cool. I love I love the the updates that have gone into the tower and all that, but um Oh man, yeah. I wish I wish we actually knew what was on those those nine or what is it eight cards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Curse you, Bungie, and your secrets. <laughs> so, so do you want to read the dawning card? Yeah, yeah. So what? Yeah, I, I guess I, I guess I'll take that. Um, so the dawning is basically a city celebration that it it takes a lot of. Um, traditions from the variety of refugee groups uh, that basically came from all the ends of the earth. And the card goes to say, actually, it's a convert. Do you want me to read the full card? Because it's a pretty detailed conversation between, I think Um, it's Eva. Eva Eva and and, uh, Eris. I'll be Eris. Okay. This is going to be odd for me. Pass me those lanterns, would you? Eva said. And that wrapping paper. There's so much left to do. They drive their sparrows on the edge of the abyss, not looking at that darkness, laughing. Laughter can be better than food. We must make time to celebrate, even when we are surrounded by darkness, or we lose hope, and hope is important. It brings us together and keeps us marching through the freezing cold. So much pretending, Eva. I can't pretend. Those days are gone. Do you think I spent a week coaxing Nikorida into making the dawning crystal? just to pretend. Who will save us from the darkness? The despairing guardian or the joyful one? Love and joy, Eris. That will save us. This is how I show my love. Then I wish you a happy dawning, Eva. I wish that for all of us. Love this card. Love this card. So here's a new mystery for you, Blue. Oh, no, no. What's the dawning crystal? It's the oh, it's so pretty. I think it's the big. I'm well. Okay, theory. My opinion here. Um, I think that is the uh, giant display over. I can't remember which yeah. which bounty droid it is, but the robot over Eris's thing, the giant thing that's yeah. just Xander. sitting up there. <clears throat> yeah, that one. absolutely. That's I, that's absolutely the dawning crystal. I, like I without have, a doubt. I know. I'm like, it's the only thing that makes sense to me. Um, but, oh man, so 
part, pardon my little rant on this one, but this card is actually probably one of my new favorite cards simply because, and we could, we talked we actually just got done talking about this kind of topic on our human episode. Um, because what we were talking about is the importance that destiny puts on hope and the, the, the weight that the hope has, especially in this dystopian model that they have going on. And, you know, we're, I know we'll probably talk about this later when we get into the armor sets, but this was not like a happy event that kind of led to the creation of this whole tradition. And, you know, Eva especially has super dark history um, that we'll also, you know, hear a little bit about. But it's just so it's so telling how much power and how much weight they put into the concept of hope and how the hope and the light will pull us from the darkness. I mean, I just I could go on forever for that. But that's that's a really I really like this reoccurring little um, theme that they have going for Destiny. And that's what, you know, sets Destiny apart from other other games for me at least yeah now um now even though we haven't found these in the game yet we would like to point out a tradition of the dawning these items uh based on the grimoire card actually are what the letters have become it seems like the letters that were data mined got dropped but now this singular card uh exists uh what they are in game they might be multiple uh unknown at this point in time i really hope that it doesn't have like some really awesome flavor text at this point because it's a little bit too late but well, let's let's hope uh the dawning fortunes fortune telling at the start of a new year is one of many traditions refugees brought to the last city each dawning guardians open mysterious boxes containing paper fortunes hoping for luck and good news So they're they're paracausal fortune cookies. Mm. Mm. <laughs> they're not quite as delicious. No, as no, cookies, you so. can't eat them. Though they they do have space cookies in some of them. Sorry, you guys probably have strange <laughs> coins. There's totally cookies. Um, <laughs> oh, now I want to make a mold of my strange coin. Right, and, right. Like I saw someone make a chocolate one. I saw someone my strange coin. Actually, yeah, no, I, I, I got one from uh, the uh, Destiny Community Con this last year, and I was like, I was like, this would, this actually would make a perfect cookie. And I actually, I've seen a couple on Pinterest, and like, I think it's Etsy and stuff like that. They have like cookies, and I was like, oh, I'm well, not we have to, two. I'm not, to, I'm not allowed to buy things because I would buy all the things. We have two because we bought the. Um whatever edition oh the, that came the with the cade's journal and i don't remember what it was called special edition no the collector's <laughs> collector's edition. special legendary whatever exotic is the next one whatever yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but that means that i can use one to make a mold and if it gets destroyed it's okay because i already have one <laughs> fair enough anyway fair enough <laughs> hmm anyway okay <laughs> So, um, I'm just, I was just, I was just muttering to myself, I'm looking and I'm trying to see other than like the concept, obviously of the, you know, the Christmas tradition around the new year, I was just trying to see 
off the top of my head if I had anything for like a New Year's type, like fortune telling type tradition. Um, I'm just, I'm not well, seeing anything really. I'm mean, like, we. I don't know about good, about fortune telling, but there are a lot of traditions mm-hmm. about um, trying to bring good luck in the new right, year. Right, right. Most yeah. of them involve things like. Eating things like <laughs> eating black eyed peas, yeah, um, or things Ew. that there are lots of, like, <laughs> or um, eating things that are green. Yeah, lentils. Ew. Lentils, I think, is Spinach. Brazil. This uh, is awful. Um, uh, to bring lots of good money and things like that. Austria's suckling pigs, which eh, it's interesting. Apparently, okay, that's delicious. Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, I was just reading it. I'm like, I'm not, I'm, I don't really have a problem with this, this idea. Um, I'm gonna go visit them for New Year's. Uh, yeah. So, I, yeah, I was just trying to see because I'm the the thing is is like they describe the dawning as like you know the the uh, like a concatenation basically of all the traditions of the human cultures from before. And like into this neo-human world of ours that we have in in Destiny, and so like that's where you know Festival of the Lost that concept, uh, the dawning, which we had a dawning kind of last year, uh, but it was super brief and not really informative at all. I got a cool emblem out of it, but that was it. Um, but so I mean, like it, the concept is really fascinating, and I love how they have kind of mashed everything into this super big event and but they still haven't answered so many of my questions so anyways anyways before i go down that well, rabbit hole again no well, no it's, it's interesting because eva brought us festival of the lost as well mm-hmm. and so she seems to kind of be the person who brings these city festivals to the tower mm-hmm. It, it, um, it kind of seems like that's her mission in addition to giving us emblems and stuff. Well, that's that because she, she was one of them. Right. Well, sure, but there are other civilians that are in the tower. Yeah, yeah but they're not important. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like we, we were actually, I was talking to one of our, one of our guys over in our chat earlier about this. Cause we, we were actually talking about Eva because, uh, someone had a question if she's a guardian or she's you know a human she she's not a guardian um we've kind of learned that within the last festival when we had the conversation between her and ikora and she actually bait like flat out says to ikora that you know guard or ikora basically paraphrased the conversation ikora is like yeah except we don't really care about you know this tradition of your the the city tradition because it it's like you pray for spirits. We don't really, you know, we don't die. Like it, it has no weight for us. And Eva's response was yes, but we still pray for your, and she was talking like the collective whole of the guardians. And she, she made a very big, she, it was a very big point that it segregated her from the guardians. So, I mean, she, the way that she said it makes it very kind of obvious that she's not a guardian, at least the way I was reading it. Um, but it also kind of, you know, does exactly what you were just saying. It like really points to the fact that she kind of seems like her, like, I guess her calling or whatever is to humanize, to rehumanize these, these guardians, because, you know, the guardians are, you know, such a, 
almost demigod like status while they are basically demigod status to the average civilian and Eva's kind of like the person who's like yeah but but remember where you came from you know I can just picture her the little Jiminy Cricket on your shoulder shaking your (laughs) finger at you but yeah so I I I think I agree with that I think Eva's kind of taking it on herself to be like hey you're part of the city like you can't just sit up here in this tower and not do anything and I think that part of it is too, um, in getting a little bit meta here, I think that the lore writers at Bungie are trying to remind us of like, what the Guardian's actual purpose mm-hmm. is. Because when we're running strikes and things like that, it's easy to get r- wrapped up in the, like, oh, let's go kill Fallen, oh, let's go kill you know whichever race I feel like killing today. Um, but the p- reason why we're doing that is that there's this whole city out there full of people who can't kill Vex as well as we can, you know, who can take out an entire bunch of thrall. And that's why we're here. So maybe that's going to be important later. Well, and that's, that, you know, reminds me a lot of Zavala's dream of the city, you know, and he, how he talks, he talks like all the freaking time about how the city is a dream and you know in his big thing for all titans especially the titans that are you know that he's mentoring is that they are the ones that are keeping the dream of the city you know he he like there's one there's one quote of his that he says the dream of the city its walls keep it together its spears the strikers are what keep it alive and then he goes on you know he he talks a lot about how the city is the city is both more but it it's more than just a single guardian but it requires the guardians there to protect it and you know we know like conceptually the guardian like especially titans were were designed after the like the knight errants and the knights from the old olden days you know with the rise of iron we definitely had a big callback to that with the arthurian you know nod but like that whole thing. Yeah, I heard is that like, episode. Huh? I said I heard your episode on, oh, the, on oh, that. Oh god! <laughs> I, I won't get you started. Oh my gosh! But like, you know, like we we know that. Like, and and you know, even and the funny thing is, I'm we're talking about uh, sparrows this week, and like I was talking earlier about there there's a there's a sparrow that was originally designed uh, for the Titan class, and it's called the Cavalier which is a, a word that means a mounted soldier, a knight. And so like there, there's these, all these nods, these, these protectors and, you know, the very name guardian, you know, that's what they are. And again, later when we talk a little bit about with the, uh, it's the crystalline armor, I think that especially is very telling about this, but it's like, they're talking about, you know, how these guardians came out and saved human or uh, civilians you know, non-guardians, they saved them. They they came out into the wilds and they gathered them and brought them back into the protection of the city. And, you know, that's the thankfulness and these gifts that the city is giving to the guardians as thanks for what they do. They are, they are constantly sacrificing themselves for the city's inhabitants. And, and the thing is, is like the city inhabitants really are trying, I think, are trying to show, hey, this is this is recognized. We, we totally see, you know, we, we don't just equip you with weapons of war. We're actually going to actually help you, you know, with other aspects of whatever you want to call your existence. 
So let's talk about the little mini quest we get from Eva. Um, she sends us to deliver gifts to Cade, Ikora, and Zavala and wish them a happy new year. So Ikora gets three rare books that she doesn't have in her library. And she seems surprised that Eva knows which books are missing from her library. Um, unfortunately, we don't get to know what the books are. <laughs> um, <laughs> Curse you, secrets. <laughs> um, Cade gets a bag of very special dice that, that roll the same numbers. <laughs> uh, and my, my personal favorite, Zavala gets a very colorful knitted scarf. And he's so excited about it. And it makes me think he's a really good snuggler. Oh, my God. Well, okay, real, real quick. This, the, the Zavala thing is, it just makes me laugh so much because there's actually, there was actually a tower announcement. Like, I can't even remember. I don't, they might've gotten rid of it. Cause I, I know they, they change them from time to time. But like, if you're just sitting in the tower, you know, they have like these just hilarious announcements going on. And one of them was actually about Commander Zavala having a, a um, not a knitting, it's a crochet class. Like, it's basically, would Guardians interested in taking Commander Zavala's crochet class please come to the Vanguard Hall? Was actually in a tower announced. And so, like, this is, this was just, oh my gosh. As soon as I, as soon as in-game I heard him say that, I was like, so you actually do have that. That's okay. I get you. You like poetry. You like knitting in the corner. Not what I expected from you. Yeah. So <clears throat> I think it's I think it's really great that um, Eva got them exactly what they are. But Zavala's is just such a like out in left field gift. <laughs> but it is him so perfectly because Cade gets rigged dice. Ikora gets books. And this is actually what Zavala says when you uh, give him the gift. Remarkable. Even stitches and the finishing is excellent. She even used merino. Ah, excuse my enthusiasm, Guardian. Please send her my regards. It's just a complete break of character for Zavala to be so excited. Like, even about the good deeds you do. Like, when we destroy the black heart, he's like, hmm. Like, that, like, that's what we would get. But you give him a scarf and he's freaking out. And I read this. And it just it just really clicked in my head uh, for anyone who watches Brooklyn Nine Nine. Uh, it's Captain Holt. Zavala is Captain Holt. He's he's this very stoic guy. He's like very strong, very by the books. And I'm not trying to say Zavala's gay, but <laughs> Captain Holt. I'm not saying that Captain Holt is gay. So while he's very stoic. He's also got this like very effeminate side where it's like, whoa, wait, what? And it's like so polar opposite. Like he's got these two distinct attributes of himself. And not saying as well as getting to saying he's got that very like, oh, what attribute about him right. as well? I hope but that it was a rainbow scarf. It was a blue scarf, a little <laughs> scratchy. But uh, <sighs> thinking about it more, I instantly realized, especially with the new strikes we got. Kate, we have Zavala as Captain Holt, Cade <laughs> is Jake Peralta, and Ikora is um, Amy. I think whoever whoever Jake ends up dating, oh. I forget her. But. I think the other the other really cool thing about this is, you know, 
any anyone who any, anyone who's been around Bungie for any of their previous games knows that they write amazing characters. And I think yeah. this is a really big nod to that because like you're saying, this is a dynamic, especially for, I mean, like, yeah, Cade and Ikora is like, ah, okay, whatever. But I mean, Cade, we had an entire, you know, expansion kind of exploring his, his side. And Ikora, if you kind of scratch at the surface a little bit, you actually learn that Ikora's got some pretty colorful history too. But Zavala's always been kind of one of the ones that's like, you know he has something else, but you don't really know what. And all of a sudden now, again, now Zavala has a bit of a three, that three dimensions. I mean, it just, uh, it just makes him actually relatable. Like he, he actually has something that's not, hey, go kill everything and punch everything in the face. Mm. It's uh, So here's an interesting thought. If you think about this, like, yeah, these are great gifts and it's fun to chat about them. But think about how well Eva must know them, mm-hmm. especially Zavala, to know that this is the perfect gift for him. Yeah. You know, like Ikora, yeah, obviously she's a warlock. She wants books, you know, but it's not just that she gave her books. She gave the, her rare and hard to find books that she had didn't have in her library. She says, Ikora's quote is, how thoughtful of her. I don't have many gaps in my library, but there are a few. I wonder how she learned that. These are rare and hard to find. Mm-hmm. No. So Eva, it kind of makes you think, well, Eva, she's she's got some secrets too. How long has she been here? And how close is she to these three? Right. Well, and I think she's close to all the major players. In the tower, I'm trying. I'm trying to. Uh, I'm just curious. I was trying to see if I could find a place that. Because, do we know what do you do? You either of you remember what she said when she gave you the gifts to give to them? Was it just like a generic "Hey, go give these to them"? Yeah, she was. She says, uh, "I've been so busy putting up decorations, That's I forgot right. to give out some gifts. Go get them go and get give them, them to their." Okay. Okay, because I was I was just curious if she had like any you know a little comment, because I know don't because I know like you take you take the gifts to the three and then don't they I'm trying to remember don't they give something back isn't that an exchange no. okay no uh, you give them and you just give it to them they have their little dialogue and then you can go back to Eva and I I literally just did this before recording I'm okay. I'm running back to Eva right now I'll get whatever she says. But before I, well, I'm getting to her, I, I just want to touch on one more thing from Zavalis, uh, just to say like how much Eva cares about them. Merino is a type of uh, wool, uh, or maybe sheep, exactly? I don't it's know. It's both. It's yeah. called, uh, yeah. sh- it's the Merino sheep makes Merino wool. Okay. Either way, they are from uh, New Zealand's Southern Alps. So this is not an area... That is the city. You know, this the city is not their native land. So it's not like Eva just went down to the city where there's farm and there's sheep and got wool. She got wool that's probably almost extinct at this point. Like just living out in the wild of sheep for this scarf for Zavala. Like that's a huge gift to get, especially from a human. Like a guardian can fly out to New Zealand and get it. Mm-hmm. But Eva, Eva somehow pulled that off. Yeah. Uh, but 
when you when you get back to her uh sorry she no, just no, says no, 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 no. really what darlings my heart is full here's a gift for you you didn't think i'd forget did you and there will be more presents in those boxes each day of the dawning go out and have fun and she gives you uh the fell winter souvenir and a snow drag oh that's right the snow drag which is also kind of adorable and creepy at the same time i don't know what it is actually it's creepy yeah. but the flavor text makes it kind of adorable I'm like, I'm looking, I'm looking at it sideways because I'm not really sure. But yeah, on I'm kind Ro- of hoping that next week we have gifts to deliver to other people. Oh yeah, yeah I saw. I Same. remember you saying something about that. That would be that would be really cool. I think that would because because yeah. what we then did it, the Vanguard and then. Well, like, what if we got? I'm just thinking of people in the tower, yeah. like the speaker. What about Eris? What about Shax? Well. The next week it should be the speaker, Cryptarch, and Eris, and then the week after it should be Shax and Petra. Yeah, I was about to say because that would match up with the cards. Yeah, it's, I could see that. Um, actually, another really kind of cool thing about the Merino thing is it's uh, so a little tidbit about the sheep. Apparently, they that area that they live in is like s- just super rough. Um, mm-hmm. like regular, regular animals would freeze to death. Like even regular sheep would freeze to death. Yeah. Uh, so Merino wool is like amazing with, uh, with taking and keeping in warmth and stuff. So it's not just that it's, which kind of goes in line with, you know, again, when we get to the, when we get to the Arbor, well, you'll start picking up on this, but like, there's this like this blizzard that they keep kind of referencing and it's the ice and it's cold and which has a few things that I, I don't really know where we're going with it. But but the merino wool is like one of the best wools to make for, you know, scarves or or I guess hoods. But and so that was that was another thing just real quick on merino. It's apparently super, super nice. Mm. I really I really want some now. Need to go, I need to go find a merino sheep. Apparently, maybe you can buy one on Etsy. I might. You don't need the sheep. Yeah, that's true. That's probably my my wife would probably not appreciate. Well, hey, if you bought, if you came home with a sheep, yeah, <laughs> it's not quite. It's not quite as bad as coming home with a, or it's not. It's not as easy to explain as a puppy, but you know. Um, all right. Well, let's go ahead and get into the armor. Yes. Since we're talking about it, yeah. um, I'll go ahead and read this exaltation uh, set. The quotes from uh, top to bottom go, you fought, you won. Now revel in that triumph. Carry the ones who fell close to your heart. You've survived. Congratulations. By all rights, you should have died, but you're alive. Blue, do you want to take the snow glare? Yeah, I'm going to call this the unicorn helmet because that's totally what it is for the Titans. <laughs> uh, so the snow glare uh, is definitely Titan armor. Um, and it says, starting with the helmet, lights in the distance through the swirling snow, salvation or destruction. And then we go to the snow glare plate and winter itself breaks against you. The gauntlets grip like the winter and hold close and then the greaves others will follow in your footsteps where the snow lies dented 
Then uh, the Warlock set, uh, Veil of a Dying Star, you burn as a beacon of belief. Pelt of a Dying Star, Whispering, you killed it. Gloves of a Dying Star, over your dead body. And Boots of a Dying Star, others fell, you flew. Now, uh, just really quick, these sets of armor are obtained through the weekly elite challenges from Zavala. You get uh, two a week that will give you armor, and I'm pretty sure it's entirely random. Not sure if there's a class item. I couldn't find it just based on uh, knowing the ner- the names mm-hmm. because class items are differently named. <laughs> yeah, this is this is not the as what I've come to call the hunter gear my Krampus set. Mm-hmm. This is this is not the set. Yeah, this no. is the weekly this weekly is... elite set. We have three new sets. This is uh this is just one of them. So now the next set is the dawning armor set. Purple? I guess we'll go around in a circle. Um, The Snow Angels. um, So much, this is a quote from Eva, so much upon our heads, which path to take, which children, which is really dark and creepy. (laughs) It's so sad. Okay. Um, The Snow Angel Vest is a quote from Cade. Doesn't take much to keep up the spirits if you know what to say and have a present in your back pocket. The snow angel grasps another quote from Eva in the killing cold. We warmed our hands over the candle flame of hope. And then the boots, another a quote from Cade. Sure. It was cold, but I'm an exo. We keep going. And then the cloak of snows, a uh, Cade quote, Darn kids kept stealing my cloak, hiding in it, and pretending they couldn't see me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the, the the switch from depression to jokes for Cade is is never never failing. So, um, and then next up we have the lantern set. Uh and this is <clears throat> this is again Titan Hell or Titan armor. And it starts off with a quote from Eva, and it says, The masked ones led us through the driving snow. Night or day, they shone. We followed. And then the plate is a quote from Zavala, and he says, There must be someone strong enough to bear the weight of decisions. And then the guards are is a quote from Eva. When we thought we could go no further, a light appeared. The Greaves is a quote from Zavala, and it says, We walk to the end of the world and beyond. And then the Mark is the Mark of Bright Hope, and it's a quote from Zavala, and it says, However dark or cold, the heart stays warm. Then finishing up the Dawning Armor set, we have the Crystalline set. Uh, Crystalline Rays is a quote from Ikora. For the mystery of it, you see. If one of us froze and fell, the others wouldn't know. And to cheer the children. Again, a really creepy one. Crystalline robes. There was a before. There was a warmth and light in the midst of the cold. That is the dawning. Uh, Another quote from Ikora Ray. Crystalline gloves. Once again, Ikora Ray. Once I took winter by the throat and tore open its secrets. Now, once I finish uh, the set, I have something to say about that. Um, Crystalline boots. 
The warlocks strewed dancing lights in our way, and we forgot our aches and chills. That's from Eva Levante, and the Bond of Frost, also from Eva Levante. Those who lived in the cold together never broke apart. Uh, now, that crystalline gloves really bothers me, because it says, Once I took winter by the throat and tore open its secrets, and that's by Ikora Ray. Now, in the Dawning card, I think it was, uh, Eva is saying how she convinced Ikora to make the Dawning uh, Crystal, which, if you say it's anything other than the giant floating crystal, <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. <laughs> so, we have these two things, and the crystal alone, it's like, that doesn't necessarily mean it's ice, just because it looks like ice. It doesn't mean it's ice. It could be anything. And it doesn't mean that she used light to make it. it she mm. could have used light to carve ice and then just have it stationed up in the sky like that. She could have, you know, used her warlock abilities. But this one saying Tor opened its secrets. I really don't like it because light has always been explained as an energy. You have solar arc and void, which are solar and arc are energy in our world and void is energy in the destiny world. And then the other energy type in terms of weapons is kinetic, which is kinetic energy. So to say ice, there's there's no ice energy. That's not a thing. It doesn't work. So whenever whenever someone says uh, fourth element type it's going to be ice I, I i i can't stand it <laughs> well i mean i could understand it if if the the abilities were elemental but yeah but they're not but they're yeah and that's what i was about to say but they're but they're they're inherently not you know yeah. like i mean yeah like they're I, called I elements colloquially right they're right. not I elements mean, they're not i mean they the, the yeah they, they're not um yeah I'm trying to think like the only thing, you know, for the crystal, <clears throat> for the crystal part, I was thinking, you know, it could be a trick of light, like, you know, not, not yeah. light, capital L light, lowercase L like an illusion. Uh, or you could, you could technically argue you can, you know, can, you could consume like solar into something like, I mean, there's ways to make something that looks like that crystal without necessarily using quote unquote yeah. ice magic. But she, she could have used like the density of void right, to right. press a stone to make right. it the crystal and then just, you know, warlock magic it up into the sky. Right. But it's not physically ice. That's how I took it when I f read the first card. But then reading those gloves, it's like, ah, don't do this, Bungie. I mean, <laughs> so. Well, OK, but see, I read this this quote a different way because all of these quotes that we've read. Uh, t are talking about this event that happened of these refugees coming and, and guardians bringing them to the city and protecting them from some kind of horrible blizzard in the winter time um, and how cold it was and things like that. So what if she's talking about um, like she used her light and her magic to protect the people from literally the winter, like an ice storm? Mm. Right. Well, so here, okay. here's, here's the that. other, here's the other thought. Okay. So if, <clears throat> and this is just kind of me thinking out loud, so I might, and I am not, I don't even know what field of science this is, but regardless, I'm not that. So, um, you know, like, 
so so we start with the understanding that light deals with energy, right? So we have solar, which is very obviously a, a hot source, like it's it's plasma basically. Um, if you, the only way I could see this being used to explain a potential new subclass for whatever reason, if we want to go down that road, is if they're somehow saying that it's cold energy, um, because technically speaking, cold is the opposite of heat and heat is, heat is energy, right? You know, that, that is the kind of the source So the dynamic, the, the opposing factor of it is well, cold. So I mean, it's the absence of it. I can be Dr. It. Freeze. I, no, I, no. I'm just saying, it's a, not to be a dick, but technically there's no, like this right. is what my it, physics teacher taught us. There's no such thing as cold. There's only such a thing as less hot. Less hot, so. right. And so like, and so, yeah, that's what I was about to say is you, you like, you yeah. can't, you can't gain energy directly from cold because what your ba- what cold is, is base. it's, it's the same concept as darkness and light. Not again, not destiny, darkness and light, actual darkness and light. Darkness is literally the absence of light. That's. Yeah. That's what it is. You, you're not, you can't, you, you can't generate darkness. You can, just the same way that you, you, so, I mean, but that's the, but even that it would require, so, and that what, what my conclusion was going to be is like, you would have to, re, it would require so much like mental gymnastics to get there that I really just don't see that being a, a and, but I don't know what they're trying to do. I'm trying to think of like, um, like the dancing lights, uh, and they're talking about keeping warm. You know, I, I totally see those as being like the lanterns that you see around the tower. You know, that could be solar energy, you know, something like, um, a will-o'-wisp or something like that to help keep people warm because that's what it is. They're keeping them warm. There's, there's heat, there's energy. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's what it is. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what she's, what she's going on about. Yeah. I think I'm just going to side with a with a purple on it that it's just she figured out how to stay warm in the blizzard and right. how to protect the people from the secret like the secrets that the blizzard is. It's like how do you how do you stop from dying in the blizzard? That's the secret. But uh, one last thing before we move on, uh, do these cards to you suggest that Cade, Ikora, and Zavala were all there bringing in Eva Levante, or at the very least? bringing in the people from this event that became a part of the dawning, like whatever absolutely. this Absolutely. I, yeah, I was just about to say, absolutely. Um, I don't, I don't see like the way, the way that they, they're phrased is it's, it's not, I mean, yeah, no, I don't, I don't have any doubt at all. And I think, I definitely think Eva was part of that group. Yeah. Definitely sounds like it, but maybe not the same group as like, but maybe that's exactly why she's so close to all of them. Maybe that's why she knows them so well. Yeah. Well, because she's experienced it with them. And we know from Festival of the Lost that she lost her children and husband on the road to the city. Mm. So this could be this. Right. That's what I was about to say is this could be, you know, she also says, you know, you, you, you called it out purple when you read it. You know, oh, the weight shit. of the decisions, you know, so much on our heads, which path to take, which children. Yeah. I mean, Eva, that's what I mean is Eva's got like, Eva and Amanda both have really, really, really sad stories. And yet they're both 
super happy. And like Eva, to a degree, it seems has um, this is how she's coping with it. You know, she she's bringing the joy and the happiness of being just simply alive. And, you know, Amanda, we learn her story with uh, uh, the chaperone quest and, you know, that whole that whole story. And that's and so she's kind of devoted herself to the, the ships and the the tech tech development of the city. But I mean, like, it's just, again, the depth of character for these two figures, especially Eva, is just every time we get something new with her, it's it's a it's a bittersweet piece of information. So, um, yeah, I I'm absolutely going to say she was there like Cade Zavala, Ikora were there and Eva was there. Uh, The first the first Eva line is which path to take, which children, which is Mm -hmm. implying uh, that some children were left behind. Then it said the next one of hers is in the killing cold. Right. We warmed our hands over the candle flame of hope. So it's 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 implying in those two someone died. The masked ones led us through the driving snow. Night or day they shone. We followed. So she's directly with guardians. Uh, when we thought we could go no farther, a light appeared. The guardians appeared. And then the last two are the warlock strewed dancing lights in our way, just more uh, confirming the guardians. But the last line is the most important. Those who lived through the cold together never broke apart. Mm-hmm. So Cade, Ikora, Zavala, and Eva lived through the cold together. They never stopped being close. Right. I was about to say that too. It would also go to explain why she knows them so well. Yeah. Um, I did want to do one more little thing. The crystalline rays, uh, is actually, there's, there's a couple ways you can read that. Uh, that's the one that says for the mystery of it. You see, if one of us frozen fell, the others wouldn't know and to cheer the children. That's actually the warlock helm. Uh, mm-hmm. and so what, the way I read it, and this is just, you know, my interpretation of it, but the way I read it is, is what, what Ikora is saying is that there were guardians who fell who froze and died in this, in this blizzard or whatever. And the, one of the reasons they wore their hood and the warlocks, this is a common theme with warlocks. Uh, it's actually where they developed what, what you call the hood, that, that helmet, that standard helmet for a warlock is called a hood. And the reason why is because in the early city days, warlocks wanted their, wanted what was being said to be paid more attention than who was saying it. It was, it was a, a philosophical bend to protect not only the identity, but also to make sure that they actually said something worthwhile. But this is actually another aspect of it, because if everyone's wearing the same helmet and a, and a child gets close to that individual and that individual dies on the road, you know, and you also have to understand that these are human or um, civilians. These are not guardians. The guardians are supposed to be invincible. They're supposed to be these, you know, super powerful things. If they start seeing guardians freezing to death and dying, that's going to, it's, you know, they're trying to get these people to the city. You know, they're trying, and if someone gives up hope, it's, it's not good. So that's, that's how I was reading that is the, the helmet was actually, it, it helped cheer the children. Because if you look at it, it's got little. Yeah, that's why I thought that part was for because it got looks little funny. lights. <laughs> You're basically a Christmas tree, um, and uh, but in, then it's a dawning tree. Yeah, okay. You have to okay. be PC. Sure, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> no, this um, is very not Chris. Like aside from the presents, like 
that's really the only Christmas yeah. aspect. No, it's there waiting, and there are other the, winter holidays the, that yeah. I'm it's more Yuletide. winter solstice. Yeah, I'm waiting for the Yuletide toast. But um, no, I mean, so yeah, that was that was the only other thing is like the hoods, the warlock hoods have always been so focused on um, preventing identification and um, uniqueness. They've always been about more about hiding the identity of the individual, and this is just kind of another another little confirmation that that that's what that was so yeah well, i think that covers the uh mm-hmm. the dawning armor <laughs> <laughs> oh big shout out to whoever designed the snow angel horns love those things yeah i'm hoping to get them soon other than oh, the uh, super depressing quote but <laughs> And uh, I'll start us off with uh, this: the last set of armor. This is actually the year one exclusive blue armor for PlayStation. Now it's back, legendary, renamed, and chroma. Uh, the originally Argus Dimatic set, Scarlet Mask, make their blood run cold, Scarlet Vest. The wounded become the hunters, Scarlet Grasps. Take and take and take and take, Scarlet Boots. Light the way through avalanche or blizzard. And I don't, or yeah, do you want well, you want to take say, this? I don't. Sure, I don't know what this old set was. Anon, do you know what 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 the helm of Lam- the lamentation set? What was the original name? Oh, uh, veneer. Veneer. Okay. Helm of lamentation. Their wailing is the song of your triumph. Plate. You rejoice, your enemies lament. Fists, you have no mercy. Greaves, you crushed them beneath your feet. And then we have Rimmed, which this is PlayStation exclusive armor, so I know nothing about it. Um, well, it was the Manifold Seeker set. Okay. Now it's now it's for everyone as the Rimmed. Cool. Well, in a kind of an inner out, well, I'll say, I'll say it after rimmed hood is sustains life through the darkest days, rimmed robes, warm, even in the bitter cold between stars. The, uh, those you touch are chilled to the bone and then scale your slippery slopes with ease. Uh, really interesting for me, at least is the naming of that set of armor is rimmed, uh, is actually to mean to cover something with hoarfrost. So it's mm. something that it's kind of a just I thought that was an interesting naming convention. Again, with the ice theme going on there. Well, you know, that really actually uh ties it all together. Um so then you have rimmed, which mm-hmm. is to cover something with hoarfrost, which is the shader from the book. And hoarfrost is a grayish right white crystalline just like the dawning set deposit of frozen water blah 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 blah. the rest isn't important but just the fact that it goes rimmed hoarfrost crystalline like that mm-hmm. yeah oh that yeah that is bungee's so awesome with their naming of things i like it <laughs> what was the first set again for Warlocks? 
Uh, sn- dying star. Dying star. Yeah, there's, there's no tying those together. The, I was, I was going to say like full circle. The <laughs> only, the only thing that that ties into is, um, uh, I know we weren't going to say this. The, the new void heavy machine gun. No, is it Nova? Oh, Nova Mortis. Nova Mortis, which is basically um, a dying star. Because Nova is a star explosion. Mm-hmm. Mortis. And Latin then Mortis dead. is Latin for death. Yeah. So that was the only, that was, that was my, as soon as, it, as soon as we started talking, I was like, oh, there was a connection there. I knew that I was like, so yeah. So Anyways. the dawning, the dawning all in all was a dark experience that has been made into a bright experience. Mm-hmm. That's that's nice. Uh, it's new to year three. It's I guess it's been in development since year two, and that will bring us to our um, or a repeat attraction, the Sparrow Racing League. So, uh, this brings us to one of our most exhilarating experiences Destiny has to offer: the Sparrow Racing League (SRL Sparrow Racing). Some of the best guardians are racers. People like Marcus Wren have made their legends on the track. Amanda Holiday. Ever since the proliferation of the Sparrow, racing is a long-standing tradition among guardians. But only in recent years have the races moved from an underground attraction to an organized sport. Under the direction of SRL, Red Jacks, and Guardians, uh, Red Jacks and Guardians clear hostile zones and mark the race courses. Residents of the tower and the city eagerly wait for news of the sport and follow the exploits of their favorite racers. So last year we had a book that you could buy to track your achievements. This year they just give it to you. Um, And the uh, grimoire card for the record book is a quote from Fenchurch Everest that says, Very good. You haven't come close to beating any of my records, but I applaud the effort. I really wish that the book actually had like a Fenchurch mark, and it's like if you can beat this, you actually did beat Fenchurch. <laughs> you win. You won the game. That is actually how <laughs> or you it's beat just like, Destiny. <laughs> it's some obscure, obscurely unobtainable number. Like the the fastest natural number would be like four minutes eight seconds on like uh, Infinite Descent, but Marcus had or uh, Fenchurch has like three minutes and twenty seconds, and it's like there's no way you could get that. Oh man. So speaking well, speaking of that, so you want to talk about the the different courses? Yeah. Starting with right. we'll start with uh Campus Martius. Uh quote starting off it says, Gotta make sure your timing is just right if you want to slide through those blades. And that's a quote from Amanda Holiday. And the card says the massive turbine assemblies that serve as Campus Martius's most distinctive obstacle are a relic from the lost Golden Age facility. The SRL uses them to power needed equipment for the races, but there are signs that some energy is being diverted to an unknown location. Dun, dun, dun. I think it's Vex, Cabal, or something else. I say Vex and Cabal because it's on Mars. Yeah, I don't... I, or, or is it the city diverting it to do something you know like well it says that some energy is be being diverted, diverted to an unknown location so it's 
It's yeah. not of a human thing. Not of human. So, yeah, so it would probably be. I would. I would expect it would be Cabal. Well, it could be Cabal, the power of something that they're doing, mm-hmm. or it could be the Vex because on the Stormcaller quest, oh, that's learned, right, they they're... actually charge themselves. Yeah, they're collecting the arc energy. I, I did. So yeah, that's a... a little bit of an up and down there, I guess. Mm-hmm. Just don't hit the uh, fan blades. Yeah, uh, a little uh, tip for this because I'm I'm a I'm a beastly I am a beastly racer. I'm racer A, you know. Uh, <laughs> When you're about to hit the fan blade, if there is nothing you can do, stop accelerating. Something that people don't understand is that they think the boosts are actually, like, boosting you. They're not conventional boost tracks, like, in any other uh, arcade racer game. They don't actually, like, send you faster for an allotted amount of time. The If you were going, I've, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but let's say you're going 120, whatever, per hour, per minute. Uh, the boost will kick you up to 130. Now you will sit at a maximum 130 unless you hit your brakes or whatever and can achieve 130 easily until the next boost gate. Once that gate has passed, you'll go back to 120, miss the next gate down to 110, and so on. So each boost, each gate will raise you up one until your max, and each gate missed will lower you down one. So if you hit the gate and you're now about to hit the fan, Stop accelerating, don't hit the fan, and you'll go right back to 130. You won't die, you won't have to wait for your sparrow to respawn, and you won't have to be on a slower speed because you died. It will it has saved me several times. No, that that actually makes a lot of sense. Because yeah. I was I was noticing that I was I played a couple runs <clears throat> and I was like, it was it was, I, I was starting to kind of pick up on that myself. I was like, this is not like because exactly what you just said, like, you know, in conventional racing games, they would, they would like, they would push you and then they would, you know, yeah. back off. And I was like, I was noticing that as well. It was like, there's no, there's no back until you miss it, you know, miss a gate. Yeah. There's no back off. And so, yeah, that, that makes sense. I'm good with it. <laughs> <laughs> so the next map from the original SRL is the Infinite Descent. Be, gr- be brave and fast, Guardian. Racing is more about the running away. Amanda Holiday. Some might see racing through the heart of Vex territory as foolhardy. When Shaq sent his Red Jacks to mark up the SRL track on Venus, however, he ordered them to find a location worthy of the bravest and most skilled Guardians. Now, this track is really cool because it actually uses a Vex gate mm-hmm. at the bottom of the mountain to bring you back up to the top of the mountain so you can do another lap. Yeah, and so that's, I was that's awesome. the other the other thing here too that makes me think um, this makes me actually think of Marcus Redden because we know he was he was pretty pretty happy to run things over with his sparrow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, I think he, he I think knew it was, he knew goblins. Yeah, <laughs> goblins and fallen. I think were the ones that he specifically called out. So, um, and then actually that that brings us we get two new two new maps. One of which is the Shining Sands, and this is the one that's actually on Mercury, which this one has some pretty cool little It's my, it's my favorite. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm liking the last that's part it. of it. Yeah. So the quote, the quote that it starts off is, okay, I've been hearing a rumor that a racer went through a portal and ended up in another dimension. Not true. 
from Amanda Holiday. <laughs> the twisting track known as Shining Sands is located in a region of Mercury almost completely overrun by Vex. There are multiple paths through the course, but SRL officials warn that not all of these routes have been mapped by the Red Jacks. The League is not responsible for reality alterations. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I love it. I just love that quote. It's like, you can just see her face. Like she's got her eyes closed and just shaking her head. Like, no, yeah. <laughs> that's not what happened at all. This map is easily my favorite map ever for SRL. It's so fun. It's so amazing. It's just got, it's so different from the other two maps it that we've really, seen these next two maps really are they they've improved their game they right. know what they're doing now the the shining sands uh, is like driving on a corkscrew is the yeah. best way i can explain it like there are so many oh my god yeah it, i i ran it i got a chance to run it earlier today and i was like i was playing it i was like this is i've always i've always called srl like the um the pod racing in destiny mm. it's because that's what yeah. it reminds me of is the n64 you know the old pod racer game and I love I that game. Oh my yeah. gosh, I love that game. And um, and so like when I started up SRL last year, I was like, this is so cool. It's like Mario Kart meets Pod Racer, you know? <laughs> and then I played this map, Shining Sands, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is pod racing. Like this is the insanity and the sudden like the drop-offs and the the final yeah. part of it where you get launched. I'm like, this is, this is pod racing. You know, this is, oh my gosh, it was, it, I love this map. And then, actually that, that, uh, that part that you just mentioned where you get launched, you have those crossing paths yeah. where you can either go left or right. And then it shoots you the opposite okay. direction. Okay. So uh, is it possible well, for you to hit the other racers? <laughs> I that's what I was just about to say. <laughs> I was with my buddy Guardian. Uh, he was a guest on a much earlier episode, and I decided I'm going left this time. Everyone always goes right, so I go left and he goes right. And I was in the lead, and there were two people immediately behind me, and then immediately him. It was the craziest race. So I shoot across, now going to the right, and then there's the two randoms, and then him uh, coming from the left. And I tilted my sparrow up and I hit one of the randoms, which made the second random also crash. And then he just missed it. And he started screaming at me because I just knocked two people out and almost killed him with it. And I was like, I didn't mean to do that. I was freaking out trying not to hit them, but they ended up crashing and burning. That's what happened. It was the first time I did it. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. We're going to crawl. And then like the the guy went right under me and I was like, oh, oh, this could have been bad. (laughs) This could have ended badly. So I haven't haven't seen any midair crashes, but it definitely was the first time I was like, I'm wondering if that is actually something that you can... So you can. Nice. Yeah. It takes it takes a lot of timing. Like it, it is not it is not something to expect to happen, but it, it I mean, he's I didn't see it happen. I just heard him screaming that he saw me hit them. But I oh, I survived. It was it was it was a sketchy fall. Oh, but uh man. one one last bit of advice on this map. Uh I don't know, you might have experienced this on that first uh sharp right turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you climb up and around and oh, yeah, you take yeah. that like, 90 degree turn. Uh, the left and the right wall, um, really, I have it happen all the time. Uh, me and me and Guardian uh, call it 
uh, wall magnetism where your oh, sparrow hits the wall and, and you cannot get off of it. Yeah. Like you're trying to get off of it and you just can't. And then it drops off into the sands. So it's not the end of the world, but it will f- it, like if you're really pushing for the lead, sticking to the wall will screw you up. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking. Uh, so the other <laughs> there, there are on this map, there are tons of shortcuts. Like, mm. I think I I think I registered at least three different ones. Like normally, like there's a couple in the in the original maps. There was a there was there's definitely one on the Venus one. And I think there was. Oh, yeah, there's one on the Mars one, too. It's like they're, they're shortcuts, but they're not really shortcuts. Yeah, you have to sacrifice a gate to get to them, but it cuts. You can it, it makes it where you don't have to take hard corners. So for me, it's a shortcut because I don't smash into the wall. Um, well, if you take the hard corner right, you actually go faster than the shortcut. Right. Unless right. you hit the shortcut just right. It's, yeah. it's, there's such a trade off. Yeah, because on the Mars one, there's like two web mines that always just. Uh, but the I was going to say the first shortcut on uh, this one is actually in the gates. Like you can you hit one gate and if you make a hard left, you can there's a there's a hole in the wall and you can jump through and it puts you right into the next gate. So you don't actually miss a gate, but you can you can cut off. Um, normally, you have to like kind of loop around. It's right where the that's, cabal get introed into the. That's the uh, yeah, where it's like big and open. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you can you can jump through the wall and it put it just drops you right into the next gate. And I was like, I was yeah. using that, and people were. I'm sure I was annoying some people because they they would go the long way, and I'd all I'd be in like fifth place, and then all of a sudden be in first because they're all going. <laughs> It's like, use the shortcuts. Two other races and I were like really fighting for that first place. I had first place, but they were like right on my ass. And I tried to do that. I I messed it all up. (laughs) But I don't don't know what they did because I I recovered and I was like, how am I I still in first? And I was racing with Guardian again. He was in the third. And I go, dude, what happened? And he goes, I don't, I don't know. We just both crashed. And I was like, I made a calculated risk. What were you two doing? Like, I was actually trying something. I went into this knowing what was going to happen or yeah. knowing it possibly. You just, you just hit, you just hit X for turbo, like, which is the best thing for SRL. Uh, if you're bringing a new friend into SRL, just tell them, press X for turbo. My problem is I, I always forget which one's the horn. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, that's not the horn, by the way. <laughs> FYI. It's turbo. Totally. So and, uh, and then yeah, the the last the last one is also a pretty a pretty fun one. You wanna Yeah, uh purple. Why not now that you're back, uh why don't you take this and please, 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 please say it right. <laughs> Uh oh, no pressure. <laughs> How do you say it, Anon? The right way. <laughs> you are no help. Hakun. Um, Hakun precipice. Thank you. Uh, hey, who left this forklift in the middle of the track? Yes. Kate six. <laughs> Um, the steep mountain pass known as the Hakun Precipice was once used by some of the more thrill-seeking iron lords. Red Jacks had cleared brush and dug through 
avalanches to make the track passable again, but the increased activity has attracted the attention of the Devil Splicers. Expect some speed bumps. I love that they knew. When they designed this map, the writers knew. Like, the writers had to have played this map when they wrote this card. Who left this forklift <laughs> in the middle of the track? It's so perfect, because on my first trip through... When you're going into this left turn, the <laughs> forklift is exactly where you would naturally guide your sparrow. So you hit the forklift and stop, and everyone laughs and passes you. So you just scream, fucking forklift, and everybody's going. And I just see so many people, like, when you bring someone onto Hawkins Precipice for the first time, you tell them, watch out for the forklift. And they get so paranoid, they're like, what? what's the forklift? What's going to happen with the forklift? And then they hit it, and they're like, oh my god, the forklift. <laughs> I saw earlier on Twitter, um, one of the guys who does the um, Guardian Con Mm -hmm. posted something like, um, how many people will we trigger if we park a forklift in front of the entrance to Guardian Con? (laughs) It's been been really hilarious because there are so many people who are super pissed off about this forklift. And I'm like, and I'm sitting here, I'm like, they called it out in the card, guys. Like, they. They, they specifically made mention of it. Oh. Yet no one mentions the giant spinning um, oh my pillars. God. Oh god, those things kill me more than that forklift has. Yeah, I've never, yeah. I've never hit the forklift, but I hit those freaking pillars every time. I, my friends, my friends hate me because I. I get like such bad anxiety whenever I'm approaching those. Like I start screaming. I'm not. I'm not. Like, I'm like. I'm not like distressed out. I'm like, like with every every one I go through. If it's getting close, like I get, I get so worked up in SRL. When I was I was I was saying this um, on on this one map, we had this one race where it was like all six people were like diamond elo scores. So it was like the sweatiest SRL race ever. The entire race, they were all, every sixth person was running for first place. And um, I was, I was, a, I was with my buddy Guardian and I, I told him when I was a kid, I used to play Crash Bandicoot, the original Crash Bandicoot, easily one of the hardest games you could play ever. Like that's, that's, that's like a, a level. And I'd get so anxious playing that game. That I don't know why, but I'd like stick my tongue out and like up to the left. And my sisters used to make fun of me for it growing up. And it was like so embarrassing that like I worked out of that habit. But SRL is like in in 24 years, Crash Bandicoot and SRL are the things that make it happen. Like nothing gets me as anxious as as Hawkoon Precipice with those damn spinning things. (laughs) Yeah, it, that oh my gosh, the the new maps. I've I'm <clears throat> I love them. I'm 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 absolutely happy with them. They're so like, good. This is this is this is what I love doing is just messing around with stuff like that. So, but yeah, that's. <laughs> do want do you want to talk about the armor or do you? Well, I do, but I just want to say one last little thing on uh, Hawk and Precipice. After this, the the angst anxiety spinning uh machines there's this pipe <laughs> and you can ride the pipe is there and any it, point to riding the there's pipe no, there's no point to riding the pipe <laughs> because you will miss a gate that's what I was about to and say. 
if you fall off the pipe at the wrong time, you can hit a tree or hit the <laughs> other part of the pipe, which will also make you mess up. Like, I thought there would be, like, a trick with the pipe. Like, maybe it's got a thing to it. It doesn't. The trick is, it is a trick. Yeah, it's, it tricks you. I I went past it on my first, oh my God. My first run. I, I tried to jump on it, and I slid off to the left, which is, like, right into the trees. And, you know, there's the gate right there. And so yeah. I was like, okay, I'll just, I'll recover and not look like an idiot because apparently this pipe is not necessarily. And so like, then I just started not even being, like, I started just not, cause I was like, I was looking at it when I would come up on it and like, there's no gate up there. Like, how does this, what yeah, is this? There. Okay. Well, good to know. <laughs> you know, you know what it is? It's, it's a, uh, in old Russia pipe trick you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I, I do want to say one more thing about the cards. If you look at the cards from the maps from last year versus the new cards, mm-hmm. the, the new ones are there. okay. Well, that, but <laughs> also the um the old maps are just like pretty straightforward quotes and and descriptions. Um, the new ones are so much more fun, yeah. and I really think. Bungie, I feel like this is a an example of of the grimoire developing in yeah. in general. That they realized that there are people like us who were reading them, yeah. and so they're spending more time putting making even the supposedly boring grimoire cards more interesting. Well, and I think the whole success of Cade with Taken King kind of also shone a light really on that. The need for the juxtaposition of humor inside of a serious yeah. game. You know, we've, I know I've talked about this a ton with our guys over with Focus Fire. I know, you know, Bife has talked about it a ton on Guardian Radio. Um, I'm sure you guys have talked about it. The, the, the best stories are ones that have different emotions. You can't be serious all the time. It just gets it gets super boring and just depressing. You can't be stoic. You have yeah. to have a snuggly scarf. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. I mean, you I can't. Love, I like Zavala a whole yeah. lot more. I do. I do. I do. I'm like. I'm not gonna lie. I really do. But in you know, like you, you can't have all Oryxes. You have to have a Cade. You know, that's the thing. Is like you have to have because. The other thing is, is like that really makes the the true story, you know, the the weight of the true story that much more noticeable. You know, when you have a figure like Cade cracking jokes and all this stuff and, you know, and then you start realizing Cade has his own, you know, super depressing backstory. But yeah. it it just makes it that much more powerful, I think. And I, I think that they you I, I'm agreeing 100 percent. I think they're they're realizing that and they're really embracing it, too. And I, I really like it. I'm, I, it makes it fun to be having these conversations. Whereas before it was like, well, this fact says this, and this fact says this. Now it's, you do not, you, you won't end up in another dimension. Calm down. I, I still can't yeah. help but see Amanda like closing her eyes and shaking her head. Like, <laughs> stop asking me about this stupid question. Yeah, I just, um, you know, we always had interesting, like the actual grimoire cards, but these cards that are attached to just, you know, maps or items in the game, they've gotten a lot more interesting mm-hmm. in recent updates. Yeah, and I would I would agree. And they they've and it's it's a universal change too, right? I mean, it's not just 
it's not just um uh locations it you know the the weapons you know i mean for right. for example look at look at uh oh i'm just going to call it the icebreaker the the original grimoire well which is still the grimoire card but the icebreaker card look at that card and then compare it to the ace of spades card you know or the yeah. the fabian uh strategy card which is another rant i'm not going to go down but <laughs> you know like the 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 difference is is amazing i mean you have you don't necessarily have more information but you have more character development whereas yes. with the, like the original cards it was like yeah this is a gun it might explode and kill you oops like which is like okay that's kind of i mean there's information there that's useful but with like ace of spades you actually have a conversation and you have the, the development of character and i yeah i i think that the the development is very, very strong, and I'm really excited to see where they're going with it. If this is what they've, if this is the track record that we're on, the future looks good. Yes. So let's move on to the SRL armor. So last year we had three sets of armor Bright, Jade Rabbit, and Racing. And then you could get a fourth set if um, you purchased the retro- record book, which was called Momentum. This year we have the Momentum set as well as the speeder set. Um, and the momentum set is the same, but the speeder set has ornaments that you can get to uh, change it to look like the other um, original sets from last year. So that's kind of cool. You can like pick and choose mm. what you want to look like. Yeah, I mean, real quick. So I have my original Jade Rabbit set. I was reading that they said that it gets reset if you race with it. Is that accurate? Reset. What do you mean? Like, so like, you know, you, uh, uh, what is it? It has the perk for the momentum or not the momentum, but like the, each piece of armor has a perk that helps you with the racing. Like it takes less fuel. You recover faster, blah, blah, blah. I was reading some on, uh, one of the, one of the subreddits for destiny, you know, that someone was saying that if you, if you still have the original armor and you wear it during a race, it actually resets the perk, but it upgrades it to like infusible armor. No. Okay, good, good. I like my, I like my three negative light level armor set. That makes me look like judge dread. <laughs> but that's, that's the thing you don't want. It was so hard to make this decision. Cause I had, I had my, I had my three sets. I had all three complete sets. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to use them because they make you such a better racer. Oh, they do. But I don't want to use them because the sets that drop are light progressive. So if I wear my armor, I'm a worse racer, (laughs) but I'll get 400 racing gear. I won't have to infuse anything. I don't have any infused material. I don't have any moats. I don't have any armor materials. Like I sort of need to use my my crappy armor just so I can be happy in the end, mm-hmm. especially because weapons are dropping. Oh yeah. Know, they everything's are. dropping. Everything's dropping. I've got even crimson more. doubles uh, stuff. I saw, I saw that you, uh, the, what was it? The sugary shell. I don't know. Or the, whatever the one. Yeah. I've gotten ornaments like backwards and That's forwards. It. Yeah. I got, um, uh, what was it? It was, I can't even remember. I'm not using it. So I, don't care um yeah i'm also not like i'm the i'm the one person that's in the back corner that just doesn't care about light so i'm just like i'm just here to have fun i'm gonna go (laughs) blow things up now usually myself so 
I'm still like 360 something. I think I'm, I think technically I am at 368. But that's I'm because far across the board. Yeah, that's because RNG has decided that it was going to abandon abandon me for the rise of iron. But, uh, one last thing before we actually get into the individual armor items. Uh, the helmet is very vital. There are two helmets. One helmet is useless. It will make you respawn your sparrow faster after you die. Don't die. It's as simple as that. The other helmet is good. It will allow you to tilt your sparrow with the uh, analog stick. So those drops where you just hit the ground and you mm-hmm. stop, you can tilt your sparrow upward with the nose upward. So you'll hit the ground soft and just keep going. Yep. I Although love I love if that. you, if you tilt the other way, then you, do a somersault. <laughs> yeah, no, you can kill yourself. But if you tilt so, the other way, you kill. go faster. Yeah. You that's, can, you can, that's, that's the it. trick. <laughs> If you, you if gotta, you, you arrow into the ground, if you arrow into the ground, you'll go faster. If you if you pull up, you'll land gentler. So you know, shining sands, dip that all the way down. It's a, <laughs> it's a straight drop. You know, you'll pick up that speed, pull the lead. And if you blow up oh. just right, you'll take out the other people behind you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so momentum set says. Victory is in sight. The dreamer reaches for the sun. Their survivor knows when it is out of reach. Many will fly. Only one will win. Course set and trajectory locked. The open track is in sight. Conquer it. The unfinished race will never be won. And uh, then the speeder set, it actually has a different helmet. It's called the overtaker helmet. Uh, overtaking the front runner is a fine art requiring stealth as well as speed. Marcus Wren, speeder suit. You might survive. You might not survive a crash, but this suit will. Speeder gloves. Hang on to your sparrow all the way to the finish line. And speeder boots. In the end, there was nothing left but a smoking pair of boots. Uh, I guess I forgot to get the class items. It's not really that important. But fun fact about the class items: if you haven't gotten one yet, they don't have a trail until. What? You put chroma, and then they have a chroma trail. Oh, so you can have magenta. Oh my god! White, you can, you can upgrade have yellow. Them? You can have blue. You can have green. You can have red. Orange. I don't think there's a purple. Is there a purple? No, because they have magenta. magenta. Is kind they of have purple. green. Oh my god! So I have white. I have a white SRL cloak, and it's awesome. Oh, because I I'm the person. I'm the hunter that still has yeah. the original SRL. The, the pigtails. The pigtails. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I love that thing. So much, I get so much grief for it, but I love that. I love how it just, I just love how it looks, but oh my gosh, you can, you can, and it's conveniently blue, which is, you know, just nice, but I can make it a, a blue, magenta, orange, yellow, oh, green, red, white. That's a nice, nice. Well done. Yeah. Well done. No. So side note thought about since this helmet is different on the speeder suit, do you think that helmet is Marcus Wren's helmet? I was going to say that. Yeah. But I'm going to say I don't think we'll ever meet him because of the speeder armor. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's possibly true. I I think this is this is saying Marcus's Wren's like this is his this his this was his armor. The overtaker (laughs) helmet. 
but <laughs> you might not survive the crash, but this suit will. In the end, there was nothing left but a smoking pair of boots. Like, I don't think he's around anymore. <laughs> that is an amazing... Possibly not. <laughs> I don't even care if that's actually true. That's awesome. Oh, I was I was going to say the, um, the Momentum Guard actually really, you know, it really makes me think of Icarus. You know, like... How he flew too close you to mean the, the sun. Are, are you talking about the perk or are you talking about the myth? No, that's the myth. That perk. What is this? What is this? A destiny podcast? That's crazy. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, just, just because um we were we were just talking about that a little bit over in the connection to the mythology that Siva has and with Rasputin. And the Icarus uh, connection, mm. and so that was—that's uh, why it's on my head, my mind. And you said that, and I was like, "Oh, oh that's interesting," because the survivor, you know, wouldn't wouldn't bother reaching for the sun. So that's true. Completely random connection that makes sense in my head. And uh, that will bring us to our final bit that came along with the dawning, and this one will be staying with us. I grinded the hell out of it just to finish my book last night. I didn't finish it, but I came really close. Zavala's new challenge. Along with the return of SRL, we have been issued a challenge by Zavala. Not only is he withholding the icebreaker behind a bounty to complete the nightfall in 30 minutes, but has two other elite weekly bounties which have the exclusive armor sets mentioned earlier. Uh, So this came with a new grimoire. The Vanguard Elite. Our foes of late have been myriad. Each had decided by instinct or willful intent that humanity's time was over. We disagreed. None of us more vehemently than you. What you and your allies have done for this system cannot be measured in worth. And I would call on your light again to lead strike missions across every world, set some records, serve as inspiration for the new guardians who join us every day, and give them a pinnacle to reach for. The Vanguard is watching. Commander Zavala. So, strike scoring is here. Have you guys done some strike scoring? Nope. I'm actually no. sadly in the habit of ignoring the Nightfall at this point, so I'm going to have to change I haven't that. done a Nightfall in forever. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to change that because, yes. <laughs> The Nightfall was a bit of a bitch. Yeah, uh, I've, I've heard that it's it was a bit it was a bit tough yeah. to because it's the, it's the Nexus, so you're going through it. You have the take in there, uh, and you have to do it in 30 minutes. Uh, me and my team, uh, we got to the Nexus in about eight minutes, and then we spent seven minutes just trying to start the encounter. Because the Taken are such a pain in the ass to fight with. Because there's the Taken detonation bomb things oh, that you walk yeah. through. And it's airborne. So if you jump, because like that's a reaction. Like you're about to take damage. You jump away. It will almost kill you. It's like it will leave a sliver of health. And uh, once once we got that down, uh, just starting the encounter, once we got that down, it's very simple. There's like a balcony with like off to the left side from where you jump, go there. You should only need one, maybe two night stalkers, but really you need one or in my experience, one would really help with Bloodbound. Mm-hmm. Um, 
adds will spawn on the left and the right, but because they can only come at you from that one direction, they're very easy to take uh, care of, especially if you can bloodbound tether them. You'll just take out one group immediately. Then the second group is very easy to take care of. Uh, just after the ads spawn, the Aegis will drop, the shield of uh, Sekryon, the subverted mind, will come up. And um, we'll talk about... And, well, yeah, you then once once you have taken care of the ads, then get the shield. Ads don't spawn again until the next cycle. They're not just regularly spawning in. They oh, that's, spawn... Yeah. That's nice. Damage, spawn, damage, spawn, damage, spawn. They're They're requirements to spawn them so it's it's actually very manageable but uh yeah so since no one else has strike scoring is fun it's, I, it's, it's, it's I've a good heard addition. really good things about it from all the the groups that i'm that i'm you know have my my ear in yeah. um i have not heard anything other than other than like frustration of oh oh lord this is surprisingly more difficult than we were thinking originally um other than that i've heard i've heard only good things about it i know a lot of people have been kind of waiting for this to because mm-hmm. it gives it just gives another avenue for for end end material yeah um this one tip with uh rainbow metals um scout rifle hand cannon something that can do a lot of damage because you need to get three quick kills to get the primary streak a uh, shotgun like a matador once again three quick kills to get the secondary streak and then a sword like the dark drinker because it's got that that great area of effect because you need to get five quick kills to get the heavy streak okay. uh, they don't need to be done like it doesn't need to be primary social heavy it could be like primary at the beginning heavy in the middle and then special in the end and you'll get the rainbow streak on the special and I'm pretty sure I've stacked primary streaks. Like I've gotten three primary streaks and then two special streaks and then two heavy streaks to get two rainbow streaks. Pretty sure. Can't remember positively though. So uh, I was stressing that out because I thought it was a lot more difficult, but it's actually very, very simple. It's not complex. It's just a new, a new task that you learn and overcome. I do want to say one thing about this card and the the cards that we're about to read about the um the new strike cards Mm -hmm. this brings back up the fact that our player guardian is special compared to all the other guardians which is kind of a hard thing for a lot of people to remember and me included because we spend a lot of time hanging out with our friends who also have guardians and we're all just guardians together and there are lots of guardians but the way the story is written, your guardian is special and does special things and is super powerful and does all these crazy things like killing all these raid bosses. And these cards really call that out, that our guardian is doing something special and that they're calling on us specifically as opposed to a general like, hey, we found this bad guy. Someone should take care of that. Mm-hmm. And they they also made that nod with uh, Saladin's card from Rise of Iron too, when he's like he he has like the it's the dialogue where he's defending why he chose to ask our guardian to come to Fellwinters, and he's like no because they did this 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 this, this and it like lists out everything that we've you know encountered and accomplished in the game so far. Um, I, I mean yeah I think I think and I think that's you know. 
<clears throat> to to step out of the game world and you know kind of break the fourth wall that's a challenge i think with every kind of i hesitate to call it an mmo but it kind of is like you know like that that multiplayer-esque single player game type thing um that destiny kind of is a experiment of it's a dynamic world but at the same time it's not because our guardian is the center of the story but the person that we're playing with is also the center of their story um i think it's i think it's an interesting it's an interesting juggling feat for sure um and it kind of can it can throw curveballs too i know i've seen a lot of a lot of debate about these new strikes throughout the various communities especially with regards to the lore and stuff like that um so it's it's interesting for me so let's get into them the first one is um omnigal will of crota revisited a conversation between Cade Six and Ikora Ray. Anyone want to have this conversation with me? I'll, I'll read Cade. Oh yeah, go for it. Remember Omnigal, Hive General with a lovely voice? She's back. Vanguard scouts report she's undone her death. Undone her death? You make it sound like she pulled the knit, her knitting apart. Eris would tell you not to make light of this. That's why she's not here. There's no telling what else might follow, Guardian. Destroy Omnigal and any lingering threats. So, a lot of people are asking, how is Omnigal back? Like, it's actually Omnigal is back, not like when uh, Winter's Run got revamped and it was just another taken Archon. It is actually Omnigal this time. Yes. Because... I guess she had a throne world. A hive. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Crota and Oryx had throne worlds, but they they can't come back. Well, we didn't go to Omnigal throne world. I love these challenging questions because exactly right. Because we killed him (laughs) in the physical realm. And so all all we did was kill the shadow of Mm -hmm. Omnigal. She was still very much there. It is a little bit worrying, though, because her Omnigal's purpose was to usher the return of Crota. So the fact that she's coming back now as a as a revisited strike, who is she ushering? Right. And is she is she still in this in this revisiting of the strike? Is she still identified as the will of Crota? Uh, Yes, I believe she is. Because I mean, like I could see, I could see, you know, her coming back and Crota being quote unquote unquote emphasis on the quote unquote of this next statement dead. Oh, he's gone. He's yeah, gone. He's dead. But, they had a funeral for him. Oh yeah, that's but, right. That's right. See, that's that's get, the thing. Get the stank. Get the, the ascendant <laughs> stank. Um, God, I... Crota's gone, but his throne world is still there. Yeah. Oh gosh, that creates so many headaches. So, and questions about the sc- my, the sea of screams. My my opinion is that uh, Omnigal is ushering someone who said, "Ooh, free throne world," and took it. Because I'm trying to probably th- probably uh, Thalnok. <laughs> well, no, because Thalnok we killed Thalnok too. 
We killed him in in Orcs' throne. No, we killed him in the court. That was yeah, but that's uh, not his throne. That's not his throne. But did Thalnok have a throne? I would imagine. I guess that would make sense. He was in the high. He was, he was in the high court. He was in the high court, right? Yeah, he, I, I can only imagine they all had thrones. thrones. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually, um, the three sisters they hid their thrones within each other. Mm-hmm. They're gone forever. They were dumb. But uh, Purple, do you want to read the new mechanics that uh, come along with Omnigal since you read the card? Um, and the note on the side there? Oh, uh, sure. Um, there is some smoke that negates running and jumping, and there's a whole bunch of ogres. And there's, in the Abomination Heist, there's a sword bearer that can spawn. So, uh... I think everyone knows, like what the entire Destiny community is going with. This, it's like mm-hmm. this. This is Crota's end, <laughs> right? Like it's it's teaching us the the uh, way to darkness. Ogres are freaking everywhere. Like it's crazy how many ogres are in the Omnigal Strike in that tiny room. There are like three ogres. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> <Mm-mm-mm>. <laughs> That's, not okay. That's just, that's nope that does not right need to be there. a thing. And you know that little cheese room where you like stay in and you, yeah. you can just duck back in? They close it. Oh! And there's smoke <laughs> everywhere, so you can't actually jump around either. Oh, so <laughs> this is And the other cheese room nope. on the other side, they spawn a knight in there. <sighs> well, I'm never doing this right. Yeah, this it is, this it sounds is not like fun. even more annoying than it already was. Bloodbound tether. It is <laughs> oh essential in this strike. Uh, but so yeah, this it, it's it's sort of ushering in these three strikes are ushering in the year one end game content. This one being Crota's End. These are the mechanics of Crota's End. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, because I I know that was one of the biggest. Uh, again, you know, not not lore wise, but just mechanic wise, that was one of the big things that they got a lot of praise with with Rise of Iron was mm. the way that they <clears throat> they progressively trained players, yeah, for the you know the end game. Uh, whereas before, <laughs> you had no idea. <laughs> there was no Absolutely. there was no warning <laughs> at all. Um, yeah, like the dark below, you got to play with a sword. But you were just like, yeah, swing, swing, swing. That's all you yeah. do. There's yeah. nothing Smash. to learn. <laughs> oh, oh, and he has an arm that's a cannon. That was a fun surprise to find out. Um, God. Ugh. I just... Nightmares. Um, but yeah, and I think, I think, yeah, I definitely can see the argument, too. Even if, even if you know, they... I, I hate even saying this, but even if they don't bring them back, this also... Because I just remember them always touting that per that really low percentage of people who ever ran a raid. And, you know, mm. this is kind of a, <clears throat> this is kind of a, maybe a nod also to let's see if this can bump people up, you know, cause now Crota, I mean, Crota is super easy. Vault of glass is super easy now, even with all the fun misadventures you get, but maybe this is a, a test there too, to see if they can bolster interest again uh just one second sorry mm-hmm. uh i just got a, a little pop-up that said recording finished 
That's always mm-hmm. fun. I'm not sure if it's recording now. I don't, I don't. I can I can send you the file for mine. Okay. Because okay. mine, mine will go. I think my limit is like four and a half hours. Because we. Yeah, like we've never had an issue with this before. That's the thing. Like we've gone like two and a half hours, and we were fine. So this is weird that it popped up. It might. Uh, uh, it might all be. It also <clears throat> might be the uh, the drive that you're saving it to. Sometimes mine gets weird. Mm. Yeah, probably. Uh, but yeah, so then next we're yet again challenged by ways of old, much like it had done to the corpses of the iron Lords and the replication chamber. Siva found its way to Tanix's ship and has reanimated his body. Uh, the card for the shadow thief is a conversation between commander Zavala and Ikora Ray. I don't know who's who. I'm assuming since it says Zavala and then Ikora, that Zavala is the first one and Ikora is the second one. Hmm. I agree. Do you want me to be Ikora again? Do you want to be Ikora? (laughs) Sure. Purple is Ikora. Always. (laughs) Sort of has to be. (laughs) Do you want me to be Zavala then? Well, well, I mean, I could try to impersonate him. (laughs) Varix has brought unsettling news. The The devil splicers have used Siva to resurrect an old foe. Tanix the Scarred has become Tanix Perfected. Tanix's crew has joined the Splicers. They're using Siva to reanimate his body and overtake his territory. Lord Saladin says you were indispensable in old Russia, Guardian. We thought you should be the one to handle this. I think we got it backwards. (laughs) So this new strike, this new revisited strike, plays out exactly the same. Tanix got a makeover. He's all white now. Um... But then the final room is different. Uh, aside from all the Siva that's everywhere now, just the Siva splicer enemies, the final room with the Tanix boss fight, when Tanix takes damage after so much, he becomes immune and Siva clusters spawn all around the room. You have to destroy the clusters before he can take damage again. Now, just like in the Will of Crota strike, we had the ogres, the lack of jumping, and then in the Abomination Heist, we also had the sword bearer that spawned. Uh, this is reminiscent to the Prison of Elders with Skolas, where he had the chains, uh, whatever it was, to the uh, ser- the servitors oh, yeah, that yeah. weren't really servitors. Those they were the just, invisible guys. Yeah, I were, completely like, forgot about him. Yeah. Oh no! So, so what I what I just heard <laughs> him say is, you're going to be running a lot of laps. Yeah. Because that was pretty much my experience with Prison of Elders was, oh, yeah, messed that's up. that's true. Running in Run circles. Run a lap. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we'll talk about the how after after we get through these three. Uh, but I just want to talk about uh, a quick – no, actually, I'll save it for the end as well. We'll move on. <clears throat> okay. Well, that brings us to the last revised strike. Uh, PlayStation players will understand why the strike shouldn't be here, but it is with upgrades. Uh, For those with PlayStation, you've likely played the Restorative Mind Strike. In this strike, the Theosian, the Restorative Mind, attempts to pull another Secreon from another timeline to continue its job of transforming Venus to a machine. 
Ikora's Hidden detected this and we were sent to stop it, but in the strike, Ikora ponders how much of this is all because the Vex let or even want it to happen. Now, Secreon is back upgraded with tech from the Vault of Glass with two variations for the infight. You'll either face Secreon Nexus Mind or Secreon Subverted Mind. And so this is this card is a conversation between Ikora and Cade. And Cade actually, starts. Oh my gosh, this is this is such a fun card. <clears throat> so uh purple, you want to be Ikora? Yeah. Um the Vex have restarted their world eating machine in a bid to restore their nexus. In time, Venus will be consumed. And listen to this! Scouts report that the Vex have upgraded the Nexus mine with tech from the Vault of Glass. Do you need something, Cade? Nope. Just here to support my favorite guardian. I'm sure. Let's take that Nexus mind apart. Oh, love it. Love the snark. Um, so again, um, we kind of we kind of already discussed this a little bit right before we jumped into uh, the revisiting of Will of Crota, but um, the changes here, the mechanics for this one is just like the restorative, the charge, and actually, again, as a non-PlayStation player, I, was I have say, no we idea the, we what I'm talking about, so bear with me. I'm going off notes from, from those I trust. Um, so, like the restorative, a charge must be brought to a terminal. Um, the platform must be held to open the doorway to the nexus. And then with the with the nexus, you'll become marked by the void and can't... Oh, gosh, this is like the worst part of Vault of Glass. Uh, you become marked by the void and can't see, and you have to be cleansed to be able to see again. Um, and then if you are doing subverted, a taken Secreon has the Templar shield, and the Aegis spawns and quickly charges up to remove it. So... That's basically the Templar from the Vault of Glass. And just in the similar way that, you know, the previous two have been nods to end game material. This is definitely a nod to the Vault of Glass. I don't think anyone would argue that. And I think actually a lot of people are kind of excited about yeah. the, the the implications of them putting this back in. So other than the fact that the entire time thing really screws with everything now uh if you get the subverted mind like the nightfall is if you do not know how to use the aegis at all please let someone who does know how <laughs> don't touch it to use it because <laughs> the person i ran with oh. they knew what they were doing but somehow they messed it up and they ended up slamming uh, the Templar shield instead oh, no. of shooting the oh, super. No. So they died with the Aegis right underneath the Templar or underneath the Secreon. And we, we're like, well, there goes the nightfall. Yeah. Uh, we, we were, we were able to secure it though. We went in Viz and picked it up and then I went in Viz, picked it up. And then my buddy guardian went in Viz and picked up his wife who died in that process. <laughs> Oh, and man. from there, we were still able to finish it uh, in the allotted 30 minutes for the uh, bounty and get gold as well. Nice. That's, that's another thing. Uh, it'll be too late unless you're listening to this like on Monday and you go to do it on Monday. But at least with this strike, there's a final spawn of enemies 
where you get Secreon down to a sliver and then they spawn. You need to kill the enemies before killing Secreon to get gold. Otherwise, you'll only get silver. Oh, because okay, so you have to wipe everything out. Yeah, and it's it cuts it close. Like they were screaming at me to stop shooting him because we we were like <laughs> anything else would kill him, and we would have only gotten the silver contender. So, let's talk about how. Uh, as as we as we wrap up this this episode, let's talk about how we think uh, Crota, or rather Crota's end, um, whatever the Skolas was for Prison of Elders, and Vault the Glass can come back. Well, Anana, you have a better memory of this kind of thing than me, so I don't remember the name of the card, but there was that card that listed all the things that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't actually list any of the raid stuff. It only yes. lists the regular story stuff. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Mylon Games, Matt, and I were actually talking about that. I think, was it him? Yeah, it was. Okay. Uh, we were talking about that, and he said how uh, the raids, his argument was that the raids had never been completed because, like, had never been before completed because our. Uh, achievements only talked about the other one or didn't talk about Crota's end or did it? No, it didn't talk about Vault of Glass, but it talked about Crota's end and Skolas. But the card actually reads, it only talks about the campaign. The campaign was the Black Garden. So it didn't talk about Vault of Glass whatsoever. The campaign for the Dark Below was stopping Crota coming back, not going into Crota's end. And the campaign for House of Wolves was capturing Skolas, not going into the prison and killing him. Um, so it's sort of like the Guardian we play as hasn't necessarily been confirmed to go into any raid before. Like, that's not a written in stone thing. Obviously, we know we know more with other cards that say how the king is dead and stuff like that. Not just the king is back in his throne world and he's going to come back and get us. The king is dead. Crota is dead based on the other missions. You know, there's there's like all these other things that do confirm it. Uh, yeah, that is that is the card. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I was going to say um, the because it. it uh, this is sorry. This card is the Guardian. Uh, it was from Rise of Iron. It's the one I was kind of talking about, or I was hinting at a little bit before. But um, it's a transmission from Saladin to the Tower, and it looks like it's basically in response to a question of like why our Guardian was the one that was sent to do all the Siva and yeah. all that. Um, and it mentions. He he, uh, he says, they stood against the Vex in the Black Garden and grounded that place to Mars. So that was the Black Heart. They went against the Hive in the Dark Below, working with Eris Morn to undermine Crota, which is Crota's end in the Dark Below. The Reef Well, born, that's not Crota's end. It's, well, that's what I'm saying. It's undermine Crota. Oh, undermine him, not kill him. Not kill Undermine him. his return, not uh, kill him. I get, I get it. Okay. I'm seeing, I'm seeing that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then Reefborn made use of the Guardian in the search for the criminal Skolas. Which was the the search, the, the search, search and capture, not, not the cap- not the kill. Not the kill. Um, and then, of course, it was the guardian that led the assault on the Taken King's dreadnought. So again, not the kill, just the assault. 
led the assault, the first assault, and you know, not not going into, not becoming ascendant and going into his realm, and or actually, yes, becoming ascendant, not going further into his right. realm and killing the war priest, killing Golgoroth, and so on. Right. He and then also the Taken War. So yeah, the after action reports. For so campaign. Taken. Yeah. No raid. Campaign. No raid is mentioned. And I don't even. There's not even nods to strikes either. Yeah. Well, I mean, we do get other nods to strikes. Yeah, well. well, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like in this... In it's this, not in this card. Right, not in this card. So, that would be, that would be an interesting... I don't know. So, uh, to start it off, um, the one I'm most passionate about is easily uh, the prison... Not because I like it, just because it's fallen. Uh, the prison of elders uh, coming back. We have now two cases of SIVA reanimated corpses. And there are two things that Varix hates. And that is Skolas <laughs> and that is SIVA. So, of course, so, what are we going to combine? <laughs> so, he's going to Poor do two Varys. things. Oh my God, he's, he's going gonna... to do, I'm just saying, he's going to do two things as the warden. Now that he also is the Master of Crows, the Warden of the Prison of Elders, and the Master of Crows, he's going to get Siva Monstrosities to be put into the vault, the Prison of Elders. And then by proxy, they will revive Skolas, and he'll just go, oh, yes. And get the Guardians to go back in and kill Skolas over and over and over again. Like that's I see where we're going Skolas. with that. He's like, I can punish you even further. You think yeah. death is an escape. Uh, oh man for crota's end as i said i believe another hive uh maybe thalnok because it literally would then be crota mm -hmm. just right there just new name is just going to come back and be like this is my throne world i'm the guy yeah, <laughs> i'm crota but, now oh my gosh the implications of that though just like from from everything that you know just from a i guess it would be a metaphysical level but like the the entire concept of uh, the there's so many names of it, the throne worlds or the the sea of screams or the psycho mutable netherverse, you know whatever, is the way that I had always had it in my head was that these were these were bubbles within the sea of screams, which is basically this you know the upside down for those of you who've seen Stranger Things, um, it's like little bubble places comprised of that individual's will. And so like the question always was if you destroy the individual who held that together, what would happen to that bubble? You know, logically you would say that bubble would burst, which is kind of the ending of Crota's end was, you know, when you kind of get kicked out of the, the raid, that's kind of explanation right there is, Oh, well this individual, this will has been destroyed by your will and you, you know, you're, able to hold it together for some time but then eventually it's just going to dis dissipate and gone and because so it's all another steps in right right but see but my question is is then at that point though is it still so this is this is completely philosophical question but at that point is it still the same throne world or is it a is it a superimposed throne world of that new individual on top of the other one I don't think it's completely a philosophical question because with the Taken King, we have all these um, messages from Toland mm -hmm. 
And he talks about um, when you leave, like when you kill, when we kill Oryx, that there's a power vacancy that we're supposed to fill. That's how the sword logic works. Right. Yeah. He wants and, us to take it. Right. Because we defeated him. So obviously we should take it, but we don't. And then he gets all panicked because like someone has to take it. Um, I, that's a very tactful word for what I, what I would identify. He became, he was like a three-year-old. <laughs> someone took his ice cream away. Well, I think, it, I think it's just that he had a, a wider view on what right. was going to happen. And I think, that this could even be a foreshadow for a King's Fall thing. It's just like we left Crota's throne and now some other hive stepped into it. Mm-hmm. Like if, if, if that's what, if that's how the tithing actually works, like the person who fills that role gets it. So it, just to use Thalnok as the example, Thalnok is not a high ranking hive. He doesn't right. get much from the tithe, but he steps into the Crota's end claims that throne as his, claims that title as his, now he's getting all this tithing. So he especially he because he literally becomes yeah. the eater of hope. Yeah. And so he mantles that title. We were supposed to mantle the title of the Taken King. He mantles the title of Eater of Hope. I can see that. Yeah. And and then you could argue that well, and then also, you know, another way you could look at it too is if they do re if they do uh what are they calling it? Revisit, revisit the, the, the raid. That would be an explanation lore wise of why there could be different mechanics is because it's, it's a, it's a copy, but it's not the original. Yeah. Well, I don't think, I think with uh prison of elders and with, um, Curtis end, they wouldn't even need new mechanics. It would be very, Oh yeah. Uh, no, I think very fluid to how it was before. It could just right. be the same exact thing. It's what the glass that gets really tricky yeah. because Atheon's gone forever, just like every other raid boss. Uh, the Templar, I can see them saying the Templar is a different is different from Atheon. He might not be gone forever, well, so they could pull yeah. another Templar over. Well, because the Templar but, also has the oracles, hmm. which I mean, because remember the oracles can rewrite existence within. Yeah. Or no, that's the Gorgons. Sorry, but the oracles could do it too, right? Yeah, the oracles could do it too, but as they needed the they needed the temp the templar was like the power. Person. Yeah, well, he was it. like I th- yeah, he was like the directing force, and then yeah, yeah, he 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 gave them the strength to do it, but they were the directive of it. Like right. um, he was the analog; they were the digital. Right, right. If you the, um, know for that for Atheon, I think the the thing that always made sense to me for Atheon is, you know, understanding the Vex. Well, I mean, like, so understanding the Vault of Glass is basically a giant supercomputer. Um, and that's because if you actually, if you look at what, you know, like the Radiolorians do is they, they create basically a, um, a fiber-esque glass material. And, you know, for... For anyone who does anything with networking or computer communications or anything like that, fiber is really good about communicating data. Um, and if you look at the throne world in the Vault of Glass, that is a giant. His Atheon's quote throne, if you want to call that giant pyramid behind him or diamond mm-hmm. behind him, um, that's basically 
that's basically radiolorians. Like it, it's actually the byproduct of radiolorians. And that's actually also the cool thing about vault of glass is as you go, <clears throat> as you go down further and further and further into the vault, you can actually watch the evolution of the Vex from a structural standpoint. It actually changes through the eras. Um, but the other thing about it is if you look at that as a giant supercomputer, Atheon is just a program within it. So we could have deleted that program, but if you know anything about computers, they always have backups. Mm. So, I mean, you could you could argue there that Atheon is in and of himself, you know, the way that I've always understood Atheon is he's kind of the, he's kind of the conductor of this giant terminal because that's what they explain vault of glass is, is a giant uh, temporal terminal. It's where all these timelines are coming into one. And, you know, Atheon's point is the controller. He's basically the flight control for all these different avenues of travel. And that, Require and, and if you understand the Vex as a giant network, also then that means that that information shared. We see that with Coria uh, in the Books of Sorrow. You see that a lot with the Vex, just in general, who are communicating and instantaneously reacting to things as a unit instead of as disparate parts. Um, so if that's actually the case, then all they would have to really do is rebuild a shell for Atheon to to come, you know, quote, come back. They, they lost Atheon, but they didn't necessarily lose the information of what Atheon was. So that argues that they didn't actually lose Atheon. They just lost the hardware piece. The software yeah. is still fine. Um, I can, I can yeah. see that being the explanation if they ever did bring back a vault of glass. Because uh, that's, that's actually, to me, that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, that's that's really the only way that's that's what I was essentially going to say they can't they physically can't bring back Atheon but they could construct right. their process of better thought or whatever the hell it was that that was called out in the books of sorrow can construct a new times mm-hmm. conflux it just won't be Atheon times conflux it'll be Bob times conflux right. <laughs> yes please please let it be Bob yes <laughs> we know there's a Randall the perfected now there's a, bob. you know, it, if, if they really wanted to be like, give it like a, a nod to the community, make it Xylar times conflux. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, if Bungie did that. But yeah. So like that's like they can bring back. I think they could actually bring back the Templar. They can reach into another timeline and pull a separate Templar Templar out and just plop him in. But, uh, Atheon doesn't work that way. And I've said it before. I don't know if I've said it on this podcast, but I've said it to so many people. Uh, I'll just say it to be safe. Uh, Atheon is times conflux, and that's that's the word that you really have to stress. And uh, yes, uh, just so I'm not butchering the definition, uh, conflux confluence. Uh, a conflux is a juncture of two rivers, especially rivers of approximately equal equal width. Uh, in this analogy, you have to assume the rivers are timelines. So Atheon is the juncture of timelines. He's not just in one timeline. He's in all the timelines. So killing Atheon in one kills him in all killing Sekryon in our timeline only kills Sekryon in our timeline. That's why the restorative mind was able to pull from another and plop into ours. That's why Templar, he's not times conflux. He's the warden of, you know, he's, he can be plopped from another timeline. Atheon stretching across. There's nowhere to, to pull him from. 
I always so, viewed it as if you if you know uh, mythologically the the loom of fate, right? You know every every string is a different life. If you look at that as a model for a multiverse theory, Atheon is the anchor point, the linchpin that's holding all those threads together. And so by removing, because you only have one, you only have that one yeah. anchor point. Um, yeah. Right, because we were actually uh, we were talking about the the complications of time travel very briefly. Because Jesus, that is a headache of a conversation to have. Um, you know, like the the concept of moving forward and backwards in time, and all the paradoxes within that. Just logically, uh, it it really kind of disproves the potential for actual movement laterally within a timeline. But if you jump from dimension to dimension, which is what the restorative mind you know, is doing. It's not pulling it from our timeline. It's pulling it from a different timeline and moving it horizontally across. Uh, and that's kind of also, uh, there was the, uh, the ecumen from books of sorrow. They had the radial time, right? Wasn't mm-hmm. that, was that the ecumen going off the top of my head here? I think it was the, ecumen. Uh- I I don't recall. It, it was it was yeah no no it was it was another it was a very vex like race in their in their speech patterns and stuff like that. I think there was a couple cards from them, but they they actually told they actually track time in radial patterns, which is a it's an interesting concept and it actually is a logical concept if you have a multiverse theory. But mm-hmm. anyways, they they would track they would they would refer to a time as this radial unit on this track, blah blah blah, and and you could skip tracks. And that's actually what you're doing in a multiverse scenario with the restorative mind. It's actually reaching across the track to another track and being like, yeah, yoink, you need that. Um, And that's also kind of explanation there. But you're right with Atheon as the conflux. He's the he's the center point. He can't you can't duplicate him because there is nothing to duplicate him. Um, But I, I would argue that the information that comprised atheon can be duplicated i I think it has to be he he Um, can be recreated he can't be duplicated right right i think that if they couldn't that would be a giant achilles heel for them (laughs) that logically you would have a way around so i think vault of glasses lore wise for me at least i think vault of glasses one that easily arguable you can bring it back just simply because the you know the information that we have with the Vex and what they've done already. The other two, Hive. Hive or just Hive. Hivey Hiveness. Mm. So. Uh, Purple, do you have any uh, opinions on how they could be brought back? Um, well, I mean, it pretty much makes like what you guys were talking about. The Vex pull, we know they pull from across timelines. We know that because we had a whole mission or more than one mission where they were, you know, they pull from the timelines where they win yeah, to create a victory for them. And when they couldn't find one against the Taken, that's when they called us. Oh my God, wait. That's, that's sword logic, isn't it? Uh, yes, to a degree. Yes. It's a variation but of it. Vex have adapted the sword logic so they go, okay, we won in this timeline. Like, this guy won in this timeline. Let's mm-hmm. bring him over so he'll win again. Yes. Because he's already proved he can win. Like, Yeah, which which kind of, this is only huh. 
tangentially off topic, but um, it's one of my theories as to why um, in the trials of Osiris, you have to go flawless to get to the lighthouse because <laughs> Osiris's <laughs> cult is trying to find a group of guardians that can that wins in every timeline. Mm. That's a good but point. I guess we don't have to get into that right now. <laughs> no, no, we'll get into that like never. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Stay away. <laughs> there's so many nuances on that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, and I I definitely see that. And we know we know that they um, adapted to sword logic because that's how they that's how they could learn the geometry of these spaces. Yeah. And there are some people who theorize that the Vault of Glass is the Vex's attempt at a throne world. Yeah, like it's called Glass Throne. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think I think that uh, that about does it for this update. Purple, you want to do the? Uh... Yeah, I'll I'll wrap us up, I guess. Yeah. So thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Lorecast. Until next week, you can find us on Twitter at Destiny Lorecast. We love to hear from you. Please give us your thoughts and theories. If you'd like to help us grow, you can leave us a review on iTunes. Blue Crew 86, where can we find you? Um, I actually am everywhere and nowhere. Uh, I'm on Twitter. Personally, I'm on Twitter, Blue Crew underscore 86. We are also obviously over with the Focus Fire chat. Uh, That's on Twitter. It's just everywhere is at Focus Fire chat. Um, We have a Discord server that we run with, you know, pretty much 24-7. There's always something going on over there and it's, it's super fun it's usually lore based uh there's there's a couple of different channels that shenanigans go down on um but yeah and so that's that's where a lot of the time that's where i am i'm kind of hanging out is over there just answering questions um we also do a podcast as well uh we stream we live stream our episodes when we record every friday night at about 10 starting around 10 p.m central uh, and that's over on twitch.tv slash just focus fire chat, one word. And uh, and then we also load all those up to YouTube afterwards in case anyone misses the stream but doesn't want to doesn't want to use Podbean or any of the other apps that are out there for YouTube. So yeah, that's where that's where we are. It's pretty much on Twitter and Discord. Racer A, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Anonpic. Guys, I gotta admit something. <laughs> it oh, was you fair. the whole time. It, it was me the whole time. I know. I know. I know. Everyone's blown away. It was. It was a trick. It's. It's the thing I'm doing. You know, because I'm always changing my my Twitter. I'm making Speed Racer reference. It, it, it's, it's this whole circle thing. I love that movie. <laughs> I love that movie. So Racer X. Racer A and not Racer and non pig, and I like SRL. It's you can find me on my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to Twitters. Um, and I'm Purple Chimera, and you can find me on Twitter at Purple Chimera, and you can find me on ishtar-collective.net. Until next time, Guardians. Bye. Peace. See you guys later. Bye.